Welcome to the Back in Business post-budget roundup. Now, it's about 10 past six on Wednesday, the 3rd of March, 2021, and we've spent all afternoon <laughs> analysing the budget. It was presented by the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, at half past 12. He took about 50 minutes to tell us lots of headlines. Uh, there is lots of devil in the detail. And Simon McVicker, our Director of Public Affairs, Policy and Communications, and Declan Curry, our business editor, have been ferreting around in that detail <laughs> all, all afternoon. Uh, what's your initial response? What's your initial take on it, Declan? Is it, is it still Wednesday? It feels <laughs> a lot later yeah. than that, but Budget Day has that effect on you when you yeah. listen to the speech and then you wait for the arrival online of what used to be a book printed between red covers that holds all the budget secrets and then you go through it with your magnifying glass like uh, like Poirot trying to find the particular stories and for once my uh, metaphorical moustaches are confounded because I read through it and I'm struggling to see what the big message is and at first glance this appears to be a spend now tax later budget with big increases in spending over the next two years, about 65 billion in extra spending, and then clawing some of that back in the years after that. Tax rises totaling around about 25 billion a year after that. The Chancellor described it as something akin to a wartime budget, and maybe that is the theme that he's going for. We've got to get through coronavirus. We've got to recover. We've got to get a recovery going again. And then we can think about bringing some magic and sparkle back into it. But given, Simon, some of the figures that he gave us, there seems to be growth this year, uh, projected growth of 7.8% yes. next year. And then it falls off a cliff again. And it's very mediocre. It's that. very small, very small. And uh, I think maybe um, it, it, it may be reflecting the, um, the measures that he's put in place, uh, which are huge tax rises, in fact. Um, I mean, the one thing I've taken away from this budget is this huge hike in corporation tax. First, uh, first hike into corporation tax since Dennis Healy in the 1970s. And um, it, it reverses the Conservative Party's philosophy of trying to make Britain a low corporation tax country. And um, well, of course, the reasoning for that, though, is isn't it that they want companies to come in and invest and do business in the UK? If they reverse it, if they put corporation tax up, doesn't that scare our well, it, businesses it off? It does, even though they're saying it still puts us in a very competitive position against our G7 competitors. It certainly does, um, I think, affect business investment by um, by companies maybe looking at the UK in the post-Brexit era as well. You see, that's the other thing that's not been taken into consideration. But, you know, also they have, the, by freezing the alliances for income tax, that's basically a tax rise as well, an income tax, which has gone against 
what the Conservatives have always said they were against, putting up income tax. Yeah, but, although, it didn't, but it didn't go against the wording of the manifesto, no, though, did it? No, of course it doesn't, no. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, that's going to really hit people in the pockets. Yeah. And at a time, I don't think pay will be going up that fast. I mean, it hasn't in the public sector in the last 10 years gone up very much at all. Uh, so, I mean, you, 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 you could be facing the Conservatives going to the general election in 2024 when people will be feeling much worse off than they are today. And I don't think I'd want to face the electorate uh, in, in that mood. And I just wonder if something else is up, which we can discuss later. It's a hell of a bumper sticker, isn't it, uh, Simon? Yeah. Sudak. <laughs> squeezing the rich until the pips squeak more <laughs> yeah. tax rises than labor dared suggest at the last general election well, you're right to highlight what's going on yeah, with yeah. income tax because yeah. yes he stuck to the letter of the promise in the manifesto that there would be no increase in the rate of income tax yeah. or national insurance or vat he stuck to that. But what he's done is he's frozen the starting point, not next year, but the year after. He's yeah. frozen the starting point at which you start to pay income tax. And he's frozen the point at which you go from the normal rate of income tax to the higher rate of income tax. Yeah. Between them, that will grab eight billion pounds a year. This is not a trivial sum. Yeah, no, and, it struck, and it struck me that that's a policy that has taken people out of income tax altogether over mm. past years. And so therefore, those people who are less well off, who might have expected to be taken out of income tax, won't have been. But look, let's There, let's there will about... be 1,300,000 people who do not pay income tax yes. right now, who probably will end up paying income tax yes. uh, as a result of this change. And they are people yes. among the lowest paid in the country. Yes. And, and also, that is not—that's not an in, insignificant yeah, figure, no. is it? I'd also say that although national insurance wasn't changed in this budget, I've just been told that in the red book they are saying that national insurance uh, levels will be reviewed at a future fiscal event. So you know that's not off the cards either. Um, in fact, like a village tombola or something. We're not allowed to have events. <laughs> Simon, Simon, are no. you saying that there's more to come then? I think so. And I, I think maybe what, uh, this budget is still uncertain about how quickly we're going to clear up this coronavirus mess we're in. I mean, the very fact the furlough has been extended to September. And I think that a lot of the schemes now seem to be ending in September suggests that the government thinks it's not going to be all over until September. That's what I thought when I read that mm. last night. So come yeah. come on to, um, actually, we, we heard most of this uh, before this morning, didn't we? Because we heard so much of it uh, in the run-up, which wouldn't have been tolerated in the past. People would have lost their mm. jobs for all these leaks. Chancellors had let's, to retire for less. Of course. <laughs> let's, let's look at small business and the self-employed, yeah. though. I mean, you know, yeah, small business, yeah. the self-employed must be uh, celebrating the extensions to furlough, the self-employed in income support scheme, business rate holiday, VAT reductions. They've got to yes. all be welcome, Declan. Yeah, business has welcomed the extension of furlough to September. The bosses organization, the CBI, saying tonight it is a vital, powerful lifeline for business and jobs, and it gives companies the ability 
to make firmer plans from now to the end of the year. Maybe that's why he's picked September as the concluding date for this. Trade unions, uh, Unite says, uh, well, it's long overdue. He should have made this announcement ages ago, and he should keep it rolling to 2022, like uh, other European nations have done. The big move for the self-employed and for freelancers is that there are two further rounds of grants uh, for them. Uh, people who missed out last time because they'd only just started in business, uh, they may qualify this time if they got their tax return, their personal tax return, in with the tax office by midnight last night. Those grants, by the way, not as going to be as generous as the ones that we've had in the past. There is a reduction in there if your uh, freelance income uh, is, uh, if your turnover has fallen by less than 30% during the pandemic, you will get a much smaller grant. There are new uh, loans uh, schemes coming to replace uh, the uh, schemes that uh, are there at the moment. The VAT cut for tourism and hospitality continues until September and then becomes less generous after that. The holiday on business rates for businesses that have enjoyed that, that continues to for three, uh, is that continuing for three months or until September, until June, and then becomes less generous uh, after that. And there are restart grants for yes. shops and for pubs, which the Chancellor say will total five billion pounds. Yes, yep. but for but for businesses, individual businesses, that's not an awful lot of money. I think for non-essential retail, it's something like six thousand pounds for uh, hospitality. Yeah, uh, um, up to six thousand for retailers in England, up to eighteen thousand yeah. for hospitality business yeah. in England. Yes, uh, but what states. difference is that really? Is that enough? Is that not a drop in the ocean? Well, I mean, I think you you know, it depends what. Their usually monthly takings are. I think six thousand could be okay for some businesses. Other businesses, it is a drop in the ocean. Uh, but I, it is a bit of an eye catcher that one. I thought. Uh, and the other one I quite liked was uh, he said he would give a grant of three thousand pounds if you took on an apprentice. For every apprentice you take on, you get 3,000 months in the next couple of months. So, I mean, there are one or two uh, things here that I think are quite eye-catching in that way. But they're very short term, of course. Uh, they all end in the summer. Uh, and, there, uh, and they're getting, sorry to cut in, Liz, they are getting, a, that 3,000 apprenticeship thing is getting a bit of a raspberry from business as well, saying tonight that you know, it's nice to have the money, but it's not that much more. And there's yeah, not that yeah, much you can do with it. It's only a thousand pounds more to what yeah. they were getting uh, previously. But is there an attempt here to stop people falling off cliffs? You know, is that what is that what some of this is about? You know, well, yes. Except I, I, I thought some of the other measures were actually um, they were just going to drag forward, say, investment uh, that was going to happen anyway to 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 these months, and then afterwards there's nothing there. Um, so. I just wonder, you know, the super deduction is what I'm really talking about, this 130% uh, first-year capital allowance, which, you know, anybody that's lobbied for manufacturing industry, we were, we were crying out for this sort of stuff years ago, but it's very short. And it'll can, you, can you explain it a bit more, Simon? Yeah, it's uh, for plant and machinery assets. Um, for uh, every 25p... In the pound they invest, uh, sorry, I'm not saying that. For, they'll cut their tax bill for up to 25p in every pound they invest. 
Um, and that's that's good. That that business would have wanted that. Um, and that's a first year alliance. But again, it, it it's only going to be for a year, and it will be all over. I thought it was for two time. years. Uh, well, I my information is for one year, but it may be two years. It it, but, it will run. It will run for uh, for for two years. And, and yeah. you're right, Simon. It's a big deal in total. Yeah. If they all claim it, yeah. it's twenty five billion in tax giveaway uh, for companies yeah. that, as you say, have been asking for this investment. But Declan, it's only going to work in certain sectors, is it not? Yeah, but then again, yeah. in two years' time. But Declan, in two years' time, they're going to bring in the um, corporation tax increases, which will yeah. hit these companies. Yes. It's it's yeah. a big stick. So it's they give them get, one hand you know, and we, take away we've, the we've, other. We've heard, and Mickey talked about this on, on, on the, the weekly podcast mm. last week, that there are companies out there that have had furlough covering a lot of their wages, that uh, they've still been open for business, they're sitting on cash, they've been raising money on the credit markets and the debt markets. They've got a cushion of money there. This is a big stick to get them to invest that money now and to spend it over the next two years. Which is which is okay if it filters down to the small businesses that we are really interested in. Then there yeah. may be something there for those small businesses. But surely it's only going to work in various sectors like uh, manufacturing, like construction, for instance, where you are investing it's in... It's totally aimed at manufacturing. Mm. Yeah. But it's a kickstart, isn't it? it, it it's it's totally to, aimed it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sugar rush for manufacturing in the same mm. way that the cotton stamp duty last year was a huge sugar rush for the housing market. That, by the way, being extended for another couple of months. Okay, so in 2023, yeah. the corporation mm. tax increase kicks in, and that goes from 19% to 20%. Five percent. Now that's a for, six point for the biggest companies. Yeah. But that yes, that's what I was just about to say. Do the smallest firms that we are giving a voice to really have to worry about that? Because it's it's corporation tax on profits over yeah. fifty thousand. So, so they've got to be making a profit first of all. So if the business is still struggling in twenty twenty three, heaven hope that's not the case. But if they are, then they're not paying. Um, any tax, but if they're not making any profits. Um, the Chancellor says seven out of 10 businesses will not pay uh, a higher rate of tax than they are doing today. If the tax in 2023 is 50 grand or below, then your tax rate stays where it is today at 19%. If the only businesses it says that will pay the full increased rate of 25% will be those making over, uh, was it a quarter of a million uh, yes. pounds uh, in yeah. profit? And then yeah. in between, they're tapering it. So there isn't a big cliff edge where you suddenly clunk from 19 to 25% on your tax bill. It rises in steps depending on uh, how much profit you're making in between the two. Yeah. One of the two of the other business organizations are saying the 50,000 limit for the 19%, it's too low. Um, a, a lot of small companies are making maybe slightly more than 50,000. So they will be in a higher level. Um, I suppose if you're a small craft business or something like that, 50,000 is quite big. But I think if you're more in, in, in you know, IT or something like that, it may not be that much. Depends where you're on the country. If you're cleaning windows yes. in Darlington, it's probably a huge amount of money. Well, if you're true. doing it in Twickenham, it's, it's, it's pocket money, isn't it? But when you Simon, just think if you're doing that, you make a loss and not pay any tax. <laughs> Simon, yeah. is there a chance that we might never see this corporation tax increase? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Wow, that's very cynical. Well, Why do you say that, Elise? Well, I just wonder if 
and, and this is probably completely pie in the sky, if things were really going well and we were seeing growth that uh, hadn't, you know, higher than had been predicted, mm. is there a chance that the Chancellor can come back and revisit this and yes. say, you know, we don't actually need to raise corporation tax as much as I assume that we might? Well, I mean, any new Chancellor could uh, revisit this. I mean, you know, just because Richie's done it doesn't mean to say somebody else will will go along with it. Um, but I do think that the, you know, the borrowing figures he was talking about today and our, you know, the debt, how much debt we are in terms of GDP, you know, are pretty, um, it's pretty huge. It's pretty unprecedented. And uh, he's got to get the money from somewhere and I suppose he feels business is the safer option. Although I think he's been dishonest, to be honest, about income tax. Yeah, if he doesn't raise that 17 billion a year from the corporation tax rate, he's mm. going to have to raise it from somewhere else. And that means yeah. hard conversations yeah, about exactly. income tax rates and about the triple lock that protects yeah. pensions and uprates it yeah. with wages or prices. And exactly. that's a conversation no chancellor wants yeah. because pensioners vote. Mm. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the IFS, was saying this, uh, the IFS was saying this afternoon that if you look at countries like Germany and France, which have higher corporation tax levels than us, they're not bringing in the level of money from those higher rates that we are predicting in the, in the red book. So it may well be that he doesn't get the money from that. Uh -huh. And then they are going to have to revisit in some way or another. Even, even, right. with these, even with these tax rises, the borrowing numbers in terms of the amount of debt that the nation has are barely budging. You know, OK, the overdraft is going to fall sharply. The overdraft is $355 billion this year, falling to $234 billion next year, and eventually uh, down from 17% uh, of income to 3% of income by 2026. That's the new debt every year. Mm. The accumulated debt that the country has built up is, uh, you know, it, it, it's where is it now? It's about 90, above 90%. That peaks in 2024, where the amount of debt is worth 97% of what the economy produces in a year. And it stays at roughly that level yeah. for the next couple of years after. Yeah. The ambition doesn't seem to be quickly pay all this back, debt yeah. back in a hurry. It's just stop the debt from going up yeah. and then think about it for the long term. But then, of course... There is the timing of a general election yes. to consider in this as well. But, well, but, ha but what sandwich. happens if, in if inflation goes up? What well, happens if interest rates go up? You've got all of that, but you've also got the fact that if he isn't getting good growth, I mean, I think growth would sort out a lot of this, mm, but if yeah. you're not getting good growth, then the situation just becomes worse. And I think his tax raising uh, measures will um, stifle growth in the long term. Can we As for a general at... election, well, we can talk about that if you want. But <laughs> if you notice... That could uh, be a podcast spin-off. Yeah. There, <laughs> I've just got this in my mind, uh, but there's two years until these tax rises come in. It seems to me that the economic um, and political um, paths are out of kilter at the moment. And you usually bring in the tax rises at the beginning of a parliament, and then by the end of the parliament, you're giving things away, you go to the country. But if he goes to the country at 24, the tax rises will just be kicking in. So I have a feeling that the government could be looking at an early election here. And I think that we may see end of 22, 
probably being the time because the tax writers will have come in, but they will be basking, they hope, in the glory of the vaccine getting rid of, rid of the coronavirus uh, pandemic and they'll be triumphantly like the Falkland Wars re-elected because of their, their great work on the pandemic. Of course, it's a gamble, but we do know this prime minister likes gambling. How much are you putting on it, Declan? <laughs> Nothing. I'm not gambling on that. It, it does mean the, the, the level of political cross-dressing that's going on at the minute is astonishing. You know, I know we're in a medical emergency. We're in an economic crisis. So the standard political rules don't stand. But here you have, Simon, as you say, a Chancellor now who's presiding over borrowing levels and tax changes that haven't been seen since Dennis Healy. Uh, under the Callaghan Labour government. You now have a Conservative Chancellor championing higher taxes on company profits and higher government spending as well. I'm sure there will be orthodox, financially prudent Conservatives tonight looking at this and thinking, which party unveiled this? Exactly. <laughs> well, it left, Labour, it, it left Labour with very, very yes. little to say. Well, in this is the point. I mean, <laughs> Labour had nowhere to go today in the budget response. And, um, you know, how can you attack a government that's spending more than any other government and is taxing more than any other government? I mean, they are, they are stealing all Labour's clothes here. And um, I think Labour are in desperate trouble in the short term. I but think, so, so much for all that talk uh, that after Brexit, we might become Singapore on Thames, a small yeah, government, yeah, low tax economy. Yeah. That's gone. That's that gone has gone. gone. But that well, was never going to happen after the Red Wall and then the no. levelling up agenda. That borrows through that out the window. Yeah. How could it? How could it? Mm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Somebody said to me, but Rishi Sunak is blaming uh, COVID, the pandemic, on every decision that he's had, all his decisions on the pandemic, rather. Um, mm. Well, you would, wouldn't you, if you were well, in you his would, shoes? Yeah. But can you just uh, just tell me, right, uh, before we go, cities and town centres, you know, mm -hmm. all of this was dripped out before we uh, heard the budget today. Mm -hmm. um, money for sport, money for the arts, money for culture communities to buy their own pubs um yeah are... <laughs> i'm sorry that so... makes me laugh i mean that's a ridiculous absolutely ridiculous oh i don't know oh. it's not that it's, no, I don't know. it's not it's not totally ridiculous the <laughs> pubs are the heart of the community yes. and as mickey has often said to us on the on the podcast a problem with the pubs industry as it currently exists is that it became a vehicle for property speculation which distorted all the economics if you put the pub back in the hand of local people who see it as a place where you buy beer and you sell beer then it might yes. become successful but it's not just beer but it's not that it's about the company and all the rest of it but the money involved in this is yeah but Declan, that's forget so the pub, romantic, small the beer whole, yeah. the whole point about our pub industry is it's been strangled by the breweries and by you know the, the the people who are who are like a cartel running these things, the local people in any area won't be able to go in and buy up these pubs. Well, interesting you say that. I know two groups of people who have bought their pubs and it's been hugely successful and it's actually rebuilt and regenerated their communities. Well, However, very, what yeah. what what do you think? Um, what do you is there enough money going into? these initiatives to keep our high streets, our city centres, our town centres um, alive? Or is that 
as you said, Declan Small beer, and we actually yeah, they, need to think bigger. The 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 commentary that you're getting from business this evening is that it isn't enough. That it they're underwhelmed by the initiatives. Think that there are some lovely ideas in here if you were minded to implement them. There is, uh, there are grants to get small businesses to develop their digital skills. There is, as we've mentioned, the additional help to hire apprentices. There's money to pay for management training. There's a boost for green energy all around the country. We've got this free ports initiative that the Chancellor seems so uh, enthralled to, but about which economic opinion is decided uh, divided. And then there's a billion pounds going into 45 town centres across England. It's not a huge amount of money, but you know, it'll pay for a couple of hanging baskets. It might pay for a little bit of regeneration. And it's, it's seed corn, that if you tart up a few buildings and fix a few problems and fix the parking and put in bike racks, then that develops a momentum which local business can then build on. Yes, I think we need to think uh, probably in the main podcast a bit more about what all of that really means. Um, but I think that's uh, just about it from us for just now. We'll be back with the normal podcast when we will delve deeper into that red book or whatever oh, it now is. No, no. <laughs> I think there's about 194 pages, isn't there? <laughs> that that ju- should keep us busy before the podcast. Yeah, this yeah. chapter was white before I started <laughs> reading the book. It's bled all over it. Uh, so uh, um, hopefully join us on Monday for the anal- real analysis of <laughs> the budget when we find out what some of the devil really means in the detail. Simon, Declan, thank you very much. 